Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Another episode of Sweat Equity, back from New York. I'm here with Brian Blum. Yeah. Come on. Don't make me do it. Brian Bloom. Yeah. Sorry. For like the last two years, I've been calling him Brian Bloom, one of my best friends, and I didn't know his last name. Yeah. I didn't know how to pronunciate it perfectly, but as you will know, or as you will realize in this episode, I got two other things wrong too, so it's just, (laughs) it's not personal, bro. It's just me. Yeah. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. And then I'm Alex Garcia. I've heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm Alex Garcia. I'm pumped for this fucking episode. So let's go right into it. That you're tuning in for the first time. This is like you're in, you're kind of like a, a fly on the wall of the best creative brainstorming session right. uh, you've been in. The one that you, we have, like we have that marketing uh, session for Q1. You come out and you're like, oh shit, it's going to be a wild year. Yeah. That is what every episode is supposed to feel like. So, right. With the same vibe of like, you know, as soon as you show up to the office and you see your favorite like coworker. What's up, boys? Yeah, like, what, you know what I mean? What's up? What's up, my kinks? But uh, yeah, like, the the first thing you want to talk about with your boys in the office yeah. is like, oh, did you see, I mean, the open AI thing, for example, like, everyone's going to have a take on that, right? Like, what, what was even going on there? And uh, we wanted to feel like you're kind of in that conversation with your homies. 100%. I mean, the point of the podcast, too, is like, everyone's got plenty of millionaires to listen to yeah. right like you can all always listen to that like we're actually guys you know for lack of a better word in the arena um in the trenches yeah That's in the good. trenches but we're actually building what we're you know trying to turn our sweat equity into millions right now yeah. so um sharing lessons from the front lines i think is probably the best way we can say it. we got to stop using more analogies I yeah. saw this guy. I saw this guy on Twitter the other day. He was like, "Man, I just ran a ran a half with my boy," and he was like, "War," and I was like, "Dude, you're not fighting anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're fighting yourself. <laughs> like, what are you talking about?" What do you think about my idea of getting the apartment? And don't look at John. John's already. I could feel him looking at me. Nah, he, he's, gotta, he's got. He's got a pipe down this morning. Yeah. So I've had the idea of I want to get an apartment in Soho or you know somewhere in New York where. We can just rent an apartment, split it between three or four friends yeah, and be able to go to New York at any point. And specifically just like on my end and your end as well for the media side of things like that is where media lives. A hundred percent. And there's such a black hole in advertising and, and uh, just people that you need to meet over in New York that if you could get plugged into, it could be huge. I mean, that was like one of the biggest change, uh, biggest levers for, for Morning Brew. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the crazy thing about like geographic proximity yeah. is what that does to all your opportunities, right? Like yeah. I, I used to live in Denver. Like we haven't really talked about that on the show, but like yeah. there was not a lot of entrepreneurial culture there, like virtually very few, you know, direct to consumer brands, like not, not a lot of stuff in my world. Yeah. And it felt like I was always hunting for good people to meet. Whereas since I've moved to Austin, every three steps I'm meeting Guys like 100%. you, guys like, you know, Jay Hills, like all these like entrepreneurial guys who are just crushing it. Matt Choi, for example, like these guys who just like have so much going on and it's all self-made. New York is that times a million, right? 100%. Like, and so what that does for you, if, if you're someone looking for those opportunities is it makes it almost like impossible to fail because like you're seeking it out, right? And they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. So instead of having to... I don't know, just, it's like selling, 
I would compare it to selling a product with demand versus selling a product mm. without demand. Like when you're selling a product that no one really wants, you're going to get pretty frustrated. Yeah. I've seen a lot of this in the startup world. Like good salespeople, the right process, doing everything they can with the right principles in that sales process, just banging their head against the wall. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, if you were some tech bro selling Zoom in 2020, you might have made like 700 racks because everyone needed that enterprise Zoom plan, yeah. right? And so, you know, I think New York kind of represents that opportunity zone where you just have so much extra stuff going on. You almost can't fail. There's two things I love about New York. The first one being, I feel like it just increases your, your like ability to have luck. Yeah, exactly. Because of that, because there's, there's so many people. I was reading yesterday an article, and I think I sent it to John of, the most millionaires in in the U.S. all are in New York. It's like it's in a crazy amount. I don't want to say the number because I <laughs> don't. They're all in the, the block of, of the apartment that you said. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. The second thing is the energy in New York. Like, I feel like yeah. anytime you spend time in New York, and I come back to Austin. Yeah. The energy I come back with is almost like when you were a kid, and you went to like the Miami Hurricanes basketball camp, right? Or right, right. you like Alabama yeah. football camp, and you yeah. come back, and you're just like. Turns I need out. to, yeah, I need to train <laughs> yeah. two times as much. Right. I need right. to train harder. I need to eat better. It's like that same energy, but for an adult. A hundred percent. It's crazy how alive it is. Like I was there. So I was there Thursday through, thir through Friday and uh, like a Thursday and then the following Friday. That entire next week, I was just shocked by yeah. like, you're walking home from the WeWork and every bar has people in it at like 545. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, Everyone's like going to work out in Austin. Like they're trying to, everyone's running. Yeah. As we've documented many times, people just run here. <laughs> it's like people just run. No one's really, I mean, people are running in New York, but like it seems like, you know, as soon as the clock hits five, people are trying to turn up, which, you know, I thought was pretty interesting too. Cause we live in a party city. Like Austin is notorious for being a destination party yeah. town. Yeah. And I feel like New York was still just like making us look like, you know, nothing was going on here. All right. So what do you got today? So I want to talk about the power law of consumption in CPG products. Sweet. So basically, around 20% of users for most CPG products are driving close to 80% of the value. It's a crazy example of the Pareto principle, and it's particularly prevalent in vice products. So I'm talking gambling, alcohol, but what it actually skews into is even like ice cream and candy and like a lot of these things. And why you need to go whale hunting whenever you're building your brand, right? Like this is why you need to find power users, people that love your products and are going to support you like 10x more than someone that's fringe and you acquire one time. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also going to give a step-by-step -step guide on how to make Trojan horse social content. So what do you got? So I got, I'm going to cover Stanley brand and how there's the best UGC. Crazy. Yeah, best UGC <laughs> ad and the best like, modern PR playbook too, just execution on, on their yeah. side. So I'm going to tell that story uh, and kind of give the playbook for modern the modern PR playbook. Um, the other thing I'm going to talk about is the second part of it, which is another kind of like modern PR playbook is this Snoop Dogg story with Solo Stove mm -hmm. and how he fooled the whole world thinking that he stopped smoking right? when really he didn't. Yeah. And then the last thing I'm going to talk about, if we have time for it, is the riches are in the niches, right? Is... Um, a brand that now does over nine figures and they just focused on creating fitness equipment for one sport and then have landed and expanded since then and have be become like the um, like the pillar for that sport when it comes to weightlifting equipment, similar to how people think about 
Nike for basketball, et cetera. And so right. really figure, uh, want to dive into some brands that have done that same playbook where they just land and expand. Yeah. Yeah. So go right into it, dude. You got it. So have you heard of Ozempic? Yes. Um, are you on it? No. Does it look like I'm on it? I don't, I'm just asking, you bro. You set me up for I, failure. It's no, to be my you're training for the CrossFit game. I don't know what you like. I don't then know. you would have got me banned. <laughs> and, uh, like, it was a lose So, so Ozempic, right? So I was, I was looking up, uh, like what's going on with it. And I stumbled upon an article in the Atlantic and what they're finding is really interesting. So not only is it a weight loss tool, right? But it's actually showing a lot of like results for just curbing addiction overall. So we're talking, you know, smoking, we're talking having a shopping addiction, right? Like there is a lady in the article where they're saying she initially had a drinking problem. She got sober. She transferred her addiction into shopping. So she would spend like $500 on groceries and then just let them rot in the, in the fridge. Never, never use it. She had this massive addictive personality. She started getting on Ozempic for, uh, you know, weight loss. And she said that she stopped feeling the addiction to go shopping. Oh. You know, you think it's cap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, but, whether or not that's yeah, cap. I don't know. Um, we, we can talk about that <laughs> offline. But... I think like what, what's crazy about <clears throat> that is it led me into a deeper rabbit hole where they started talking about like what addiction really looks like in consumer products, yeah. right? Like alcohol, gambling, cigarettes. All of these businesses are driven by their top cohort of users. So in, in America, alcohol sales, 70% of that revenue is driven by the top 10% of users. Wow. Is that not insane? That's crazy. That top 10% of users is having 10 drinks per day. Oh my gosh. 10 drinks per day. Now, 10 drinks on a Saturday afternoon in Austin, Texas, where college football is going, you know, you got some bets out there, you're with your boys. That's not that crazy. 10 drinks on a like Tuesday. Coors Light, maybe. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 10 drinks on a Tuesday night. Like, what, you know, I don't know what they're sipping on, but like, it's insane. It's New York. Um, it's New York. Same thing with the cigarette market. So 90% of cigarette sales are actually driven by the top 20% of users. And what I thought was really interesting about that is, okay, you know, obviously those are some of the, whether, whether or not they're moral, those are some of the best businesses yeah. of all time, right? Yeah. Like anything that sells advice is extremely, extremely profitable. And is there a lesson in there? Yes, I think there is. You have to go after whales when you're building your consumer brand, right? Like you got to find your Moby Dick and like you got to isolate that customer and make sure you can find as many of those rather than these people who are lukewarm about your product, yeah. right? Like you need power users. So a couple of businesses that I'm really curious about, like have they found that, right? Like, and I think they have. So, you know, like sparkling water has kind of like exploded in the last few years. Yeah. Like Topo Spindrift, Chico, like Topo Chico. It seems yeah. like a lot of people are replacing, you know, like regular tap water or spring water with uh, sparkling water. I would be curious to see if that's a business that's, you know, driven by power users uh, in a similar beverage space. Olipop has obviously exploded, right? They're the better for you soda. I think that they probably have a massive cohort of people that were addicted to soda that cannot get enough of Olipop now. There was another one that was like that. I think it was a uh, hint. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Is it hint? Hint, hint, water. hint water. Yeah, hint water uh, was good. Poppies another. And one. I think hint water story origin story is the same. Don't quote me, but I think it was 
she had an addiction to soda. Right. And she wanted to get off the addiction to of soda. And so she created hint water that are have you seen uh have you seen trough sauce yeah it just got partially acquired right yeah yeah so kim k's private equity brute yeah like that's kim's on a tear dude dude unbelievable i'm gonna say it every time on the pod i love kim k (laughs) like just a dog yeah for the real ogs they they know that you're a big kim k fan yeah um so trough is is one that i think is super interesting because it's a crazy high purchase price right like dude it's buffalo sauce for 17 dollars yeah like you can get some Frank's Red Hot for $4 for twice the size. I would be curious to see if Truff has a similar distribution where the diehard people that love their sauce can't get enough of it, get borderline addicted to it, are driving a massive majority of their sales. I think it's really interesting. I think, you know, what does that speak to? You need to build for an audience of one. This is something that people have talked about yeah. a lot, right? Like you need to build a product that is beloved by a singular persona. And then go find as many of those people as possible rather than be for everybody. Couldn't agree more when in reference to the cigar market or cigarette market. Have you ever read about like the history of advertising for cigarettes? Oh, yeah. It is crazy that so like there was influencer marketing back in when I don't know what years this this was like 60s, 70s, maybe 80s. Yeah, yeah. And the influencers were the doctors. It's insane. If you look at old like marble, I don't even know how it's fucking pronounce it right marlboro yeah if you look at their old (laughs) ads it is the doctor in the ad like they are the the, they (laughs) are the influencer telling you to smoke this and this is the doctor recommended work work got you stressed out why don't you go hit a camel yeah (laughs) Yeah. which is is crazy the other uh wild part is speaking of power users do you know how many cigars michael jordan smokes a day Mm. i'm sending the over under a two and a half six whoa yeah way over oh my gosh he has a really good so you know he doesn't do much interviews right yeah he's kind of off the grid these days yeah i don't know if you've ever watched his interview with a cigar aficionado some shit like that you're like you're going so out on a limb with the words you're trying to pronounce today no this is this is (laughs) happens all the time you're bold yeah it's oh for two Ozempic, Ozempic has like a traditional, or it's got like a commercial market name. It's like Sema Gliotude yeah, or see, something. And I'm not I, doing that. I completely omitted that. Like I just yeah. want to go Ozempic. You just got to say these things with confidence. And I, I'm 0 for 2 on even saying them with confidence. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem. That right? That's like, I, I needed to say it like, as soon as I said the first, like first part of the word, I was like, ah, there's yeah. a question mark in there. No, you're definitely softballing it. Um, but see, speaking of smoke, did you see this whole Stanley brand uh UGC ad video that Dude, just happened over the weekend. Unreal. Okay. Like yeah. Y- you got the stats, right? Yes. Okay. Later I don't I yes. I, there's so the cra- the cool thing is we talked about Stanley or you talked about Stanley brand three, four weeks ago. Right. Right. So their Stanley tumblers are known for being insanely durable. Right. And then there was this video that just went viral on TikTok where this girl's car caught on fire. Right. Right. It is like burnt to ashes, burnt to crisp. And she reaches back into the car and grabs her her Stanley tumbler, <laughs> and there is still ice and water inside of it. There was like no dust on nothing the thing either. <laughs> like nothing. It was like perfectly undisturbed. Perfectly undisturbed. And it racks up 1.8 million likes and 14.9 million views. Like that is shit that like money can't buy, that kind of right. situation. Right. Now the whole the best part about it was yes, it was a great UGC video for Stanley brand. They could do billboards with that. They could run that as an ad. They could do so much with that. The best thing that happened was the president of Stanley responded to that TikTok and stitched on another 
piece of video where he was like, hey, you know what? We got you covered. We're going to send you more Stanley tumblers. Right. We're also going to send you a new car. Yeah. Yeah. And that sent like the world of PR. Yeah. Twitter and media coverage and now fans like mm-hmm. in a frenzy, which was crazy. And so it racked up also 32 point, uh, sorry, 31.8 million views. On, on the response video. On the response video. Yeah. So Google nuts. search volume, bro, like Jesus on the third day. Yeah. Risen. <laughs> risen. Backlinks. Yeah. Four days. Earned yeah. media. Too much. Crazy, Fans. Dude. Raving. Yeah. Awareness, consideration, conversions, retention, all right. of it. Right. Check. And, and they, they already have a diehard army, right? Yes. Like there's so much grassroots support yes. for this brand already. Like they just entrenched themselves in their, in those, in their lives a hundred percent. Like, People are probably going to buy a second Stanley when I think the video is proof. You only need one, but <laughs> yeah. like, they're probably going to buy a second Stanley just because they want to support the brand. Like yeah. that's how good of a PR move it was. So if you look at the comments, it was like, there's not a brand I love more than Stanley. This makes me want to get a Stanley. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just nonstop. And then if you just Google search, well, again, you look at the Google search volume, it was trending on Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just look at how many different uh, media publications covered the story from part one of like the Stanley or the Stanley Tumblr not getting destroyed in the fire to then the president uh, stitching and responding to it. Crazy. Insane. Just like an absolute, uh, just <laughs> absolute masterclass in, in how to respond to a situation like that. But like the way I thought about it was this is a great execution again of like the modern PR playbook, right. which is the first part is speed. Mm-hmm. Are you executing while the window of relevance is still open? Yeah. Right. And Ryan Reynolds uh, labels this faster, fast advertising, where if there's a conversation happening, instead of trying to start another conversation, create a piece of content that enters your brand into that conversation. You join right. the conversation, you join where there's eyeballs, you join where the, the attention is, and you just make, you tell the best story that then gets everybody to talk about you. He did this with Aviation Gin years ago, like three, four years ago, where Peloton did this ad. It was like, you know, slammed a sexist. And um, I mean, it just, it, it kind of crushed the brand reputation for for Peloton. Right. And Ryan Reynolds comes into the mix and gets the same actress from it, right? And spins up an aviation gin ad where she's at the bar, like venting to all her friends, sipping on aviation gin, right? Insane. And they did that all within 72 hours. Like same actress, filmed it, shot it, edited it, published right. it. Right. The second part is, the the second part of the modern PR playbook is it needs to be customer service based. Mm. So does this campaign stunt execution integrate a customer into the story? Right. In this case, they didn't just take a regular, you know, it wasn't just a random act of kindness. It was somebody that was already a fan of Stanley and they they went above and beyond to, I mean, just help her situation and then right. amplified it. There's another story of this guy who had a stage four, stage four terminal cancer, right? And he was in his last days, he has like three months to live. And he had a bucket list of like, I want to do this before I die. One of the things was I wanted to get my Tesla Model 3, mm. right? And so like he was avid on, I, before I die, I just want to like get my delivery of the Tesla Model 3. I want to drive it. I want to see it. And so they, somebody from his family reached out to Tesla and Tesla the next day brought him out, gave him his Tesla Model 3, took him on a VIP tour. Um, I mean, just did the whole nine, like gave him the best of experience of his life. Yeah. And Again, it was like, it was, it's a customer service based of creating this story that then gets shared all over. Right. And then the last part is your execution needs to be social first. 
you know, is this, is your response created to be shared on social? And that seems obvious, but let's imagine Stanley just called her mm-hmm. and was like, hey, we're going to, we're going to get you a bunch of tumblers and we're going to replace your car. Right. No one would know. Or, or she would have to post about it. Yeah. Right. And it's yes. not the same as seeing the CEO jump on and, and be stitched, personable. Right. Instead, yeah. he stitched the TikTok. Right. Which he probably doesn't know how to no. do. No. Someone <laughs> was probably like, hey, do yeah. this. The social media right? manager was like, we're not just going to yes. put out our own like reply. Like, and, we got it. And because of that, that just one little move is what led to, to, you know, 32 million views, what led to a bunch of PR publications covering this story. So those three things. You got to do it fast. You got to execute fast. If you can, make it customer service based. And then third, make sure you're executing with social first mindset. Yeah. Is there anything you think that they missed on? Curious. Like, it, like how, how could they, I mean, obviously they're capitalizing like crazy. I think I saw yeah. a stat, like the earned media that they're getting is probably like- Tens of millions. Yeah, tens of millions. Like, I can't even imagine, like the social impressions alone being worth like 110 million impressions. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they ran ads, that's like- you know, at least like one to two million dollars in just pure ad spend, right? But like that doesn't even account for all the impressions across like this article getting picked up by. So what do you want to do? You want to riff on this? Like ideas that they could. Here's like what you should take from this and right ideas. Like, say they're like a savvy D 2 C brand, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure Stanley's probably pretty heavy in retail sales. Yeah. But like maybe you know, Blender's Eyewear is a great example of this, right? Like. Blender's Eyewear had the Dion Sanders fiasco yep. earlier in September this year. We have a clip. They capitalized on it so well, right? Yes. Like, and what I mean by that is within 24 hours, like I'm talking overnight, right? Like this clip from the opposing coach and just for context. So the opposing coach from Colorado State said that whenever he talked to an adult, he took his shades off mm-hmm. and also took his hat off. Dion is perpetually in shades and a hat. And so, you know, it was a clear shot and Dion is sponsored by Blender's Eyewear. And so Blender's Eyewear obviously sends shades to all of the Colorado players. You know, they outfit the whole team. They say that Dion bought them for them. Like it, they, they start taking control of this narrative. Yeah. But what people don't see is the operational execution from Blender's. Yep. Immediately, overnight, they had a brand new landing page on their homepage. Mm-hmm. It said Dion's primetime shades. Yeah. That was their headline, right? Before it was just like, you know, some kind of cool like shades by the sea type of thing. And, you know, they immediately had it in all of their retargeting. They're sending an email campaign. Yeah. And so I wonder if Stanley is executing at that level or if they're just kind of riding the PR wave. I think they're riding the PR wave. Um, I think there's a lot more things that they can do on top of this while it's still hot. Yeah. So there was a Mr. Beast video I watched where it was like a $1 car versus a million dollar, $10 million car. I don't know if you've yeah. seen this video. Yeah, yeah. In one of them, it, one of the cars that's like something hundred thousands of dollars, they put Feastables in the car and they blew up the car because the car was supposedly like bomb proof. Yeah. I think <laughs> Stanley should totally do this. Put yeah. a fucking Stanley Tumblr yeah. in the car, blow up an old car and just like show that it literally will be perfect. For sure. Fine. For sure. Be like, oh, you, oh, you thought this was a fake? Yes. 100%. You, you thought she just put thought the Stanley in after the fire? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, we could do this again and again yes. and again. Uh, that would be a great idea. Then also, I do think you, you, uh, you change your landing page and your entire funnel to, to like take advantage of this. Right <laughs> now it's like Rosewood glow, glow, you know, Stanley cups. Like, yeah. 
make this hero image literally the 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 lady grabbing it Just out of the highlighted car. in the car yeah, like come <laughs> yeah. on yeah new um, tagline screw black friday but <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot of shit that they can yeah they can do with it i definitely think you start running as an ad the response could be ran as an ad like there's there's so much that could be yeah i mean i i think you want to put some dollars behind the actual response video 100 um i think you know bringing her on board is like uh you know maybe a follow-up like you know, hey, tell us your story. Like, what what happened with the accident? Like, really, like, paint the picture of like, yeah. yo, this was a really dangerous situation, yeah. and the Stanley was untouched, yeah. right? Like, almost nothing could take this thing down. Um, I think there's a lot of follow up content opportunities. It reminds me of uh, so when I when I was running Grind, like we we obviously went on Shark Tank, right? And yeah. that was a massive inflection point. You have to you know monetize as much of that attention as you can. And I kind of started thinking about like, what is the checklist for a brand when they have kind of like mm. this absolute just nuclear attention moment? Like when all eyes are on you, like what are the things you have to have set up? So landing page is one of them, yeah. right? Like you really want to have a specific landing page tied to a Google search ad for your brand. For example, you know, say, say Stanley's like a D2C brand, right? And they're obsessed with kind of like landing pages and branding and stuff like that. They could have a, you know, listicle or maybe even advertorial style of landing page strictly directed to the durability of the Stanley. 100%. And as this Google search traffic is spiking right now, they could direct all of it to that landing page, right? And now I'm like, yo, Stanley Tumblr's like, or like Stanley Tumblr car accident, right? Like there's all these different keywords that you could actually search for. And they could have that article be right there with the CTA of like, you know, also, you know, act now it's 20% off for a limited time only, yeah. whatever they want to do. Um, so Google retargeting tied to a specific landing page is be one. huge. Yeah. The other one is you want to have your abandoned uh, cart flows mm. dialed in as well, right? Like basically everything retargeting wise, you need to be completely yeah. set up. The one thing about the uh, Google stuff that I think is really important. This is also an opportunity for Yeti, right? Like any of Stanley's competitors are fully capable of using Google's bidding system yeah. to try and poach some of this traffic. So if I'm Yeti, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to monetize trauma, right? Like yeah. I, she went through a tragic situation, but we might've given the idea that you could blow up a car and see if, you know, yeah. see if the tumbler makes it through. If I'm Yeti, I might. I might look into that, right? Do it with your coolers. Do it with just right. about anything you offer. Yeah. Like, I also think it's another opportunity, though, for Stanley to create overhead advertising, create these billboards, put them everywhere there, yeah. where there's a Yeti store. Right. right. I don't know how many there are Yeti stores there are. There's I that know one there's on like South Congress. You know, the yeah. flagship here. Yeah. But put put different billboards in every every area where there is a Yeti and start the same way with um, how you're saying to like for Yeti to run targeted keywords on you really on think Stanley. these guys would have made it? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Like the 100. So like there's so many good ideas there for for how they can position themselves against Yeti. 100. Yeah, this was uh, this was a crazy, crazy like overlap of so many things. Like you know, kind of the explosion of importance of social content. Like a brand that is also red hot right now with a really savvy social team and perfect response. There's this guy on Twitter, uh, Ash Ashwin or Ashvin. Um, he uh, he was like, he was like, yo, Stanley could have bought her a Rolls Royce and still gotten a 10x ROI on this response. Like, dude, did you know they've been around for over a hundred years? Stanley, 
since 1913. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that at all. And then I was searching. I'm like, wow, this is a savvy move. Yeah, move for real. <laughs> That's crazy. A century old company. Yeah. yeah. How long was the Tumblr? Like, when was the Tumblr invented? That feels like a very new. Does not seem like a hundred years old. No, there's no way <laughs> no, in like 1915 they were shipping on Tumblr. There's no <laughs> got way. A Yeti, there is no way. There's no way they got bottles, growlers, hydration. <laughs> you Yo, this You're on a fucking prayer. I mean, dude. So I'm on their freaking homepage. I know, and it's so bad. It's find the perfect gift with an image carousel, and it's pixelated. It's so bad. It's 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 a pixelated landing page, like. They don't care to be fair. Like, I'm sure they don't care. Like, let's check their, I want to check their similar web traffic real quick. They, I, I know for a fact that they get bought in retail the vast majority of the time, but they're getting 2.4 million visits per month. Yeah. And obviously similar web can be plus minus a little bit, but like it's Usually, in the yeah. ballpark, right? For sure. For That's sure. an insane amount of traffic, like, you know, 3% conversion rate with like a $30 AOV. Like that's, you know, nine figure revenue company. And like, I mean, <laughs> that's insane that they just have a pixelated image and the latest drops, like, section doesn't even load. I mean... What else you got? So, this Stanley thing is, like, amazing play from a, you know, modern, savvy social media team. But you mentioned that Snoop Dogg thing that recently went viral. I, I want to hear some facts. Like, I want to hear some intel because that was crazy. It set the world on fire. Like, he's going to stop... Snoop Dogg said he was going to stop smoking. Yeah. So, please. Yeah, dude. So, like... I think there's the one part of the modern PR playbook is how you react to situations. I think the the other part is how you create stories. Yeah. Right. There's Absolutely. there is that. And, th and that takes a lot more planning. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one where speed isn't as relevant. This is one where you're crafting a narrative and it could take a while. So, I mean, we all know Snoop Dogg's an avid weed head, like or yeah. just, you know, uh, a stoner. No, he definitely smokes. I think, yeah. And yeah, 100%. Like, I think he, he has somebody full-time on his staff that just rolls blunts and joints for him. Right, right. Okay, so he came out a few days ago and was like, hey, you know, after talking to my family in long consideration, I'm giving up weed. Like, yeah. I'm done smoking. Right. And then, you know, and then like the response on everywhere from media publications to Twitter is like, no way. Like, Snoop Dogg not smoking doesn't make sense. Like, right. Like, that's odd. Yeah. And then a lot of people too were like, Dude, if, if Snoop's done smoking, I'm done smoking. Yeah. And like people like Oprah and like <laughs> a bunch of people were in the comments like, we support you, Unk. Yeah. We got so you, Unk. You. Yeah. yeah. And finally then, curved it. And so like, you know, for a few days then Snoop's posting content just saying, uh, just talking about, you know, how hard it is, how he's, he, he, it's hitting him hard. He can't sleep. Like this shit is just fucking him up. Like it yeah. is so hard not to smoke after yeah, smoking yeah. his entire life. And then yesterday... He comes out with a video that's with Solo Stove that he's like, <laughs> he's sitting there and it's literally just like a stove or a little fire pit that yeah. doesn't give up any smoke. Right. And so that is the smoke that he was giving up. He was never really giving up weed. It's like, oh, you thought I was giving up weed? No, 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 no. I'm just giving up smoke because this fire pit doesn't give off smoke. Right. And so the whole thing was just this marketing ploy, right? It was like the, just this entire story crafted. Um, to, to make you think that Snoop Dogg wasn't going to smoke weed anymore. And it was really just to pitch this, this fire pit before Black Friday, which right. is brilliant. 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 Okay. And so just his video on Instagram and Twitter is 100 million views. Really? Just his. That's like insane. he posted on Twitter and IG, 100 million views uh, collectively. Mm -hmm. 
now there are people that have shared it, shared it that have gotten as well, like 20 million, 30, 40 million views. Like the amount of people that have shared it. Yeah. Crazy. PR publications, another story. Uh, Solo Stove, dude, they gained 28,000 followers in a day compared to they were averaging roughly 100 to 300 uh, followers a day on IG. Sometimes they were even getting negative, like 50. Right, right. To then 28,000 followers in one day is absolutely wild. I know they're going to keep keep uh, catching steam. And honestly, like I'm going to buy one now, not because of Snoop, but like I wasn't You're aware, aware of the product. I wasn't now. aware of the product. Yeah. yeah. And it's dope. It's and a really cool product. Vanessa's been wanting to put a fire pit in our backyard forever. Right. But you've been there. There's trees just covering oh, everything. It's, like, it's, it's like, I yeah. don't think this is a good idea. Three dogs too. Three dogs. I mean, yeah. A lot of, lot that of play, opportunities yeah, like, for stuff to do. Like we're out. burning some shit down. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. And so now this is something I'm going to get just because of this this play. So the the other idea is like, if you are doing a PR stunt like this, then how can you find the power user? How can you find the whale in this situation right. that is known for something and you can completely flip the narrative of what they're known for and use that for your product? So in this case, it mm. means smoke mm. for Snoop Dogg. How can you find like that person that's known for that thing? Right. And then like you're flipping that story on its head. Yeah. And tying that, tying that into like, uh, you know, we talked about the psychological principles that Mr. Beast uses to make his videos go viral consistently. Right. Like there was a couple in there that I think, you know, solo stove used perfectly to a T. Yes. Number one is contrast, right? Like I'm seeing Snoop Dogg. I don't think there's anyone else in the world that might be more associated with smoking weed straight up. His, yeah, his entire him and uh, him, Wiz Khalifa, and then Willie like, Nelson. Yeah, and like that's Ch- it, Cheech and Chong or something, yeah. right? Like, and and so you know, Snoop is obviously very, very well associated with smoking, and so they use the contrast of "I'm going smokeless," right? Yes, feels obvious, but definitely wasn't obvious six months ago when their marketing team came up yeah. with this idea, right? Like, it, that's the other thing too that I think is interesting is a lot of people in our space have kind of been like trying to take the contrarian approach of you know, this was smart, but was it really that smart? And it's like, yeah. you know, or, or was this beloved by consumers? Like it's beloved by marketers. Okay. Well, I would actually love to see the case study after because Solo Stove has done exactly what Stanley did not do. Yeah. Their entire landing page is Beam dedicated to the limited edition Snoop Dogg Stove. Mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg Ghost Smokeless is one of their headlines and also Black, Black yes. Fire Day deals, yes. right? And so... You know, they. This was a very sophisticated, well-executed rollout. You just yes. talked about some of the impressions that are going on. Um, man, I'm trying to think of like uh, who's another celebrity, like really well-known for like their niche that would have to be like, I'm quitting this. I mean, some of the some of the major like gambling, like at a more micro level, like there's definitely some guys associated with gambling. Like, say Dave Portnoy was like, you know, I'm I'm stopping gambling. Yeah. Like I'm quitting gambling, and it was just to you know, promote like some sort of you know, free-to-play game that Barstool was rolling yes. out, right? Like, we're, you know, gambling has ruined my life. Like, I made a hunt $500 million and I've basically lost it all. So now, you know, I'm going to roll out a free-to-play, like low-risk, like we're going to end gambling addiction. Like there's... I think there's a lot of things you could do like that. But yeah. again, it's finding the right, the right people. Like, mm-hmm. dude, we could, get, we could do really bad ideas on here. But like, 
LeBron James, like, I'm retiring, right? Yeah. But it's really like a PR stunt with Tesla. It's like, I'm retiring from driving gas. Yeah. You, thought yeah. I was, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to be driving electric yeah, for the rest yeah, of my, yeah. Like, shit like that. But right. those things would work. Drinking, drinking is another one I think could be interesting. Um, you know, like if there's like a prominent, like a lot of prominent YouTubers that are very notorious for partying, they could be like, you know, I'm, I'm quitting drinking and then they roll out a hangover cure or something. I don't know. There's plenty of ways There's to do a lot. it, but the contrast was really important here. Um, and it's definitely crushing for them. Solo Soap did what, um, what Stanley Brands did not. Like, if you look at this, their, their landing page, their product pages, everything is tailored so well to this. Yeah. I mean, just if you go to solo, solostove.com and the going smokeless, um, hero image with Snoop Dogg over the fire, branded fire pit, uh, Solo Stove Limited Edition collab. Then they put, they do a giveaway. They have a uh, merch going with it that you can get with the actual fire pit. At the bottom, they have like the the video, and then they have like all these kind of product shots too that are like really good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it looks really good. Like they just they they did a great job with this. Right now, like where I think they could have kicked it up a notch, maybe mm -hmm. is bringing Martha Stewart. Yeah. The, the, because Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg already have a phenomenal relationship. Right. They did that campaign with Bic. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where it was like the, it was like a longer lighter. So you didn't burn your fingers. Right. And he was like, you know, there's, there's just so many plays on there. It's like, can you pass me the bowl? And he's like, bowl of cereal? You know what I mean? It's like all, like all <laughs> yeah. those lines. I feel like they could have done something with, yeah. with uh, Martha Stewart as well. And then if I'm Snoop, I'm promoting my wine here. Mm. You know his wine that he has? Yeah, and pair it with whatever you cook on the fire. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Because no, he's already, of... he's promoting Death Row Records. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, in, this, in this ad, like I'm, I'm throwing in my wine there too. Yeah, shows his priorities, I guess. All right, so I know you talked about uh, Trojan Horse um, social content. What do you got there? This is, right. I'm super interested in this. So when you're a founder, there's a right and a wrong way to post about your product on social media. I want to talk about the right way. And that's Trojan Horse social media content, right? So what is a Trojan Horse piece of content? It's a piece of content where you've already hooked someone by the time that you include your call to action that they don't even know that they were reading an ad the whole time, right? So, you know, there's a few different components that I think are crucial to include in any sort of social post like this. And there was a guy on Twitter who absolutely crushed it. His name is uh, Ankur Nagpal. I hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't. You said it with confidence. So yeah, like, I, good job. This guy's a stud too. Like he, he founded this business called Teachable, sold it for, you know, a ton of money. Uh, he's a big investor. Obviously, he's a very sophisticated operator. So he's good at this stuff. But what did he do that was so good? So he's selling a... Uh, 401k retirement account for entrepreneurs, right? So that is his business. They they help like solo employed people uh, financially plan, which, you know, if you're not an entrepreneur, there's a lot of disadvantages, like at least knowledge wise about what you can do with your money if you're an entrepreneur, like you're not on a W-2. Yeah. So like you have to prove your income in different ways. Like you don't have the same access to matching contributions from your, you know, massive Fortune 500 company. It's a web of information that is hard to navigate without an accountant. Yeah. So what would be nice is a software product that fixes all of that for you, done for you. But if he was just saying, I've created the best software to navigate your financial planning as, a, as an entrepreneur, like 
I'm not really that hooked on that, right? Like I need to feel my pain point. Like yeah. I need to feel the challenges that I'm facing or I need to see this alternate reality that I could live in where all of those problems are solved. And so what did he do? He came up with an information-based hook, right? So right off the bat, his hook is, if you work for yourself or have a side hustle, you are eligible for the most powerful retirement account in America. Right off the bat, you're kind of thinking, whoa, yeah. Like, okay, how do I do that? Got me. Yeah, I'm interested. And there's a couple of things that I thought were really, really interesting here. So he's he's just sharing information. He's not selling anything at that point. It's a real like, did you know, right? And then also what follows is he layers in specifics around this unique benefit or solution that are almost unbelievable, right? So he says that you have tax-free compounding. He says you can invest in any asset you like. Like he's immediately addressing some of the objections that someone might have to his product. Like at this point, I'm like, tell me more. Yeah. Like, tell me how I do it. Right. So he then follows that up with several tweets that basically uh, like expand on all of those borderline unbelievable claims that he made. Right. He's like, this is how you, you know, access your capital if you if you want. This is what is different about your ability to invest in whatever you like versus a traditional, you know, Roth or 401k. And Seven tweets in is where he says, if this sounds interesting to you, you know, this is what my company does, right? And I'll plug his company because, I mean, it's awesome. It's called Carry HQ. And um, it's so crazy how like it takes advantage of this principle that no one really wants to be sold to. We want to discover solutions for ourselves. And it's, it's a concept of demand generation that a lot of SaaS companies can be really good at. And you're creating content around your target customer's problem that they almost have to discover for themselves, yeah. right? Like they have to come to the conclusion for themselves. And it's a very unique form of storytelling. Really, really interesting stuff. And, you know, he, as soon as he plugs the CTA too, like he just immediately goes into FAQs, right? Like he's so dialed in that's, on yeah, what his customer... What, what a good move. Yeah, like he just, he, he answers everything you need to do. Do you have the tweet? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, link it in that. How many impressions uh, did the the CTA get? Uh, so, two hundred thousand impressions on the hook, right? Sick. And then, um, yeah, seven thousand impressions on the uh, CTA. I think there's a lot that can be done with this piece of content. One, if they have raised money or they're bootstrapping and they have some kind of budget, run that thread as an ad. Yeah. 100%. It will perform so well. Right. And I and I remember seeing the tweet and there was a lot of good feedback in the in the tweet. So I would 100% run it as an ad. Like you were saying, I would I would create either A an advertorial, B a specific landing page very tailored to this story, this narrative that he's right. telling. The other part is I think what he did was was great in the sense of it really was an ad, but it was very organic. Right. Right. It was like an organic quote unquote ad the same way. If Never like, felt like I was getting sold. No. If like I'm promoting a newsletter tomorrow, you're, you could tell I'm promoting the newsletter. Right. Whereas like this didn't feel like he was promoting his product. And there was actually um, something from Elon recently, like he was at a Tesla shareholder meeting and he was talking about advertising and, you know, they're known for not really running ads. Right. Actually. And I don't know if you've gotten hit with them, but like I'm starting to get hit with uh, like a little Tesla Tesla Instagram ads ad? on no on YouTube. That's oh. where they're doing their targeting. So YouTube pre roll ads, yeah. and then like even shorts, um, and they're running uh, Google keywords. But the thing that I like that he said was, you know, 
if we are going to do advertising, what we're really going to do is we're going to create content because the best advertising feels like content. So we're yeah. going to create content right. and then run it as ads. Yeah. That's um, the way you got to do it. And I think that's what, yeah, 100%. And I, I think that's what this guy did is like, he created something that felt completely organic. It felt so natural. It felt like this is a piece of content I want to consume. And then it just built the bridge to the product. I think another thing that he did that is really important when creating this like Trojan horse social content is he only is talking to entrepreneurs or wannabe yeah. entrepreneurs. A big concern of a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs is the risk associated with it, yeah. right? Like people don't want to make the jump because, you know, the golden parachutes of having a corporate job, like you have a consistent salary, but also they're matching your 401k, like they're providing health insurance. Like there's a lot of things that like, you know, especially if you're thinking not just for yourself, but you're thinking for a family, then those are the real concerns you have with going into business for yourself. And so it's not only like, oh, you know, if you're self-employed, it's like if you're potentially even curious about being self-employed, you're going to read this, right? 100%. Like it feels like very important context for people that might be considering making the jump. So I, I thought that was a brilliant part of it as well as it, it didn't just appeal to, you know, oh, this is going to be, you know, people that can specifically use my product right now. Yeah. It's people that might hear about it right now, make the jump in a year and a half. And who knows where the business is then, but they'll be ready to take advantage of those people that were interested. And y'all, this is this section of the or segment of the podcast is called free game. We didn't talk about this before. We didn't, we should have plugged it at the beginning, but we're going to be doing this every, every episode where we kind of just give you a little bit of free game on one specific thing, one specific tactic that you can apply. Um, I know you have to catch a flight, another flight. Um, <laughs> but one question I had for you was before we wrap it up, we're going into 2024. Is there any channel that you're like, hey, if, if you're going to put all your attention, all your money, all your focus into one channel, uh, is what is that channel? What, what are you thinking about there? I think it's... Um you know, and this, this has evolved for me quite a bit because I think Oren, you know, has changed my opinion on this a lot. Yeah. I, I was a big TikTok guy. Same. And he has showed time and time again with his analytics, the value of building your audience on Instagram. Yeah. And it's this crazy overlap of like, so email, an email list is obviously called an owned audience, right? Yeah. Like that's a list no one can take from you. Like yeah. you can always like message them and like sell them products. But when you look at his uh, breakdown of, you know, content showed to followers and non-followers, yeah. it's like 95% of his followers see his stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, once you're building like 100 to 200,000 person audience, you have a really strong chance of going viral. TikTok is not like that. Like it, no. it shows it to like 300 people. And if the content flops, like it just doesn't, yeah. you know, keep going. Um, and so a following on TikTok is almost worthless, right? Whereas like, I think Instagram is particularly... With Reels, it's it's going towards this overlap of YouTube subscribers, right? That's the whole point of YouTube is your subscribers see your content yeah. every week, but also the amplification mechanisms of short form, right? Like the viral potential that you can have yeah. by posting a short form video, getting it shared, all that stuff. Um, so I'd probably say Instagram Reels, yeah. to be honest. So yeah. I, I've been thinking about this more and more. If I... I added different layers to it. So if I'm a new founder and I want to build something, I want to get connected, it's Twitter. Yeah. Right. And that is more so a lot of people just don't have large followings on Twitter and you could reach out to them. If you like, you're really trying to meet people on a one-on-one basis, it's Twitter. Yeah. If you are trying to build a following 
and actually get reach on your content and um, drive results than if you're in B2B, LinkedIn. Yeah. Over Twitter. And that's coming from someone that has a large Twitter following. I regret not doing the same thing on LinkedIn. Yeah. I would have done on LinkedIn. If I'm DTC, D2C, I'm doing Instagram, mm -hmm. just like you said. Mm -hmm. I'm putting all my focus into, into Instagram. I think Instagram is like the resume, whereas like maybe TikTok is you testing shit out. Like Instagram is like the resume. Right. People know you right. by your IG. Yeah. Um, and even with Orin, Orin tells me, he's like, dude, I go into Orange County. I go to LA and like people come up to me all the time. I bet. Yeah. All the time. 100%. Right. If you have that same following on Twitter, which I don't know what his following is on Twitter, probably 50, 60,000. But like we're roughly the same size on. And like overall. Yeah. Like overall, yeah. like ain't, no one's coming up to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's a faceless account in many ways because like it's just not. It's tweet, like, bro, I, like it's I saw text you based. squat like 600 pounds the other day. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck was that? <laughs> and so. One, if you like for recognition, for brand recognition, for for even awareness and just getting to know logos and the brand and, and everything like IG yeah. and because of reels, there there is massive potential to reach new audiences. Right. Um, I've showed you some of my analytics of like when I've created uh, content on IG that, you know, I now have 8000 followers. It will show it to two or three thousand. And yeah. then it's reaching 50, 60, 70, 100,000 plus people right. that are non-followers just because it clicked with this group. Now it's going to reach this group. Right. And then the last part is if you got short form dialed in, then I think the, the obvious answer is like, if you have a team for it, you got the budget for it, YouTube. Yeah. Even whether no it's doubt. D2C, whether it's B2B, doesn't yeah. matter, YouTube. Yeah. Convert um, that intention into, you know, diehard fans. Yeah. Right? Like monetize it in that way. Um, also, YouTube obviously pays great CPMs, but yeah. That's free game for the week. A um, couple of really good, you know, opportunities for founders to create content on social and obviously the right channels to create them. I'm good. Same. Have a great Same. Thanksgiving, brother. You too. Yeah, man. it's good to be back. Thankful for you. Um, the other part, if you wanna, if you wanna subscribe, subscribe on on Spotify, Apple, all the podcast players. There's like twelve. Yeah. Those are the only two I know. But definitely YouTube. Definitely YouTube. Above all else, YouTube. Yeah, definitely on YouTube, and then. Uh, you can follow me on any channel, Alex Garcia underscore ATX. Yep. And then Brian, where they, where are yep. you at? IG, Twitter, uh, at Brian underscore Bloom. So you'll find me there. And uh, yeah, catch you all next week. It's free games and markingexamine.com. Yeah. Just, just FYI. <laughs> all, right. all right. That's a wrap. Peace. This is where y'all clap, yo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>